So I was very nervous. Now we're in the car. I'm kind of trying to look sideways, you know, as we're chatting. Everything was coming through loud and clear and in a good way. I did have a couple of funny thoughts go through my like if he suddenly says something that indicates he's gone in a very weird direction in life, I'm going to have to say I need to get gas or I need to go to the bathroom. And then when he gets out of the car, just take off. (laughs) You were plotting that? (laughs) Well, because you just don't know. It was a pretty bold move on both of our parts. This is First Date Stories, the podcast, the show where women in their late 30s, 40s, 50s, and beyond talk all about the first dates they've been on. From the wildly successful to the completely disastrous and everything in between. Here's your host, Jody Klein, founder of FirstDateStories.com. Welcome. Thank you for tuning into this episode, which we recorded shortly before the pandemic started to disrupt people's lives. Have you ever fallen for someone you worked with or have you had a long distance romance before? Anne, my guest this episode, experienced both after she and Mike got to know each other through work. But things didn't go the way she had hoped and she found herself faced with an unforeseen decision. Should she trust her gut? Here's Anne's first date story. Welcome, Anne. Thanks for being my guest this episode. Hi, Jody. It's great to be here. I'd love for you to start out by sharing some things about yourself with me and our listeners. Sure. I'm in my late 50s. I've never been married, single with no children, but I have a gaggle of nieces and nephews who give me my kid fix. I am an avid hiker and tennis player. My career has been in consumer marketing. I've lived all over the country. And my other big hobby is travel. And I'm looking forward to my next big trip, which hopefully will be to Morocco, the Maldives, and maybe I'll throw in another M if I can make it to Madagascar. The Triple M Tour. Yes. From what I understand, there are two phases to this story that we're going to talk about. And the first phase has to do with you and a guy named Mike who you met at work. How did the two of you meet? We had both taken jobs at a startup. We were in different cities. He was in a different division. He was in sales. I was in marketing. And he had come to town for a sales and marketing meeting. And we had a big dinner. He and I, happenstance, ended up sitting next to one another. And there seemed to be a spark. We seemed to have a lot in common. And the questions running through my mind were, what is this guy's status? And the rule of thumb of don't ever go out with anyone you work with. But given the situation, it actually didn't seem like it would be that big of a negative should something progress. Was he single? Was he separated, divorced, uh, married? He was divorced with two kids and immediately pulled out his phone and showed me some adorable pictures of his two boys and vacations they'd taken together. And he seemed to be a really devoted dad, and that appealed to me and just made him that much more attractive. How did the two of you end up going from a dinner together with colleagues to a first date? At the end of the dinner, we just kind of looked at each other as if, wow, what a pleasant surprise. Neither one of us uh, were expecting that to happen. And it just kind of turned into continuous communication. 
we traded cell phone numbers and texted each other and talked to each other. Of course, he went back to the city that he lives in. And so this was all long distance. But um, when the next meeting was going to happen, we made arrangements to get together when he was going to be in town for what we would call sort of a real date. Tell me about this real date. Where did you go? We had established that we both love sushi. So it was my job to find a sushi restaurant. And I picked him up at his hotel. We went to a little local place that was supposed to be really good. And we just had the best time. Uh, Most of it laughing, talking about our travels, taking a walk around the cute neighborhood, holding hands. Holding hands? Yeah, it was a big surprise. And uh, it was just really sweet. And stopping along the way at some point, and he just, you know, gave me a very sweet, polite, gentlemanly kiss. And uh, it just felt really good. That was our date. That sounds like a lovely first date with somebody you worked with. Did you see him shortly thereafter at work? Because he came into town frequently, we were able to see each other. So we kept in communication and we would get together when we could when he came to town. And I think we were both just kind of seeing where this might lead. Did you feel at work that you were keeping a secret from your colleagues? A little bit. But again, both of us just agreeing that we would prefer to maintain our privacy. So you weren't concerned about keeping secrets from your colleagues? I would tend to do that until I felt like a relationship was a little bit more firmly established, whether I worked with the person or not. Did the two of you keep going out after that? So the next day after the great date, he flies back home. And we continued to communicate constantly. And it was all very sweet and affectionate. And we seemed like we were very much on the same page. And it was really great. I ended up leaving the company. How long thereafter? This was a few months later. Of course, he would still be coming to town because he was still at the company. But you know, it wasn't maybe quite as easy to get together. And a couple of times, those attempts to get together just didn't happen. And I couldn't really figure out what the deal was. One time he canceled completely. Another time he was in town and he was going to stay over a night or two, suddenly has to go home. The reasons for some of these things just didn't make me feel comfortable. After a couple of these attempts to get together fell through... And it was a little unclear as to why. I just had this gut feeling that perhaps I should back off a little. And so I did. He continued to keep in touch for a little while, but then it just kind of faded away. And you moved on. And I moved on. Never really sure of what the deal was, you know, what, what his situation was. Was he just unreliable or was there something else going on? But it was enough that I felt that I needed to move on. And there was never any, there were never any harsh words. There was never a fight or an argument or a big breakup thing. It just kind of faded away. Did you think about him at all in the years that transpired after the two of you stopped communicating? I did. He was the first guy in a while who I felt a spark with. 
and we made each other laugh and we had a ton in common. And I also was just forever unclear about what, what exactly was it again that kept us from getting together again. I thought about him, but I moved on. Fast forward how many years until the two of you get reconnected? Five years pass. I had spontaneously heard from someone who we had worked with. It made me think of him. And I don't like leaving loose ends with people. I just like knowing that if we ran into each other on the street, that it would be amicable. No hard feelings, that kind of thing. So I just sent a text. I didn't even know if I still had his current cell number. And I said, I ran into so-and-so from our company and it made me think of you. And I just wanted to say, I hope all is well with you and your boys and that life is treating you well. That was very nice of you to do (laughs) and probably came as a big surprise to Mike. He responded much more quickly than I would have ever thought. What did he say? He said, OMG. (laughs) (laughs) It's so great to hear from you, Anne. I was thrilled when I saw your number pop up on my phone. Everything is good in my world. How are things in your world? And we just embarked back on this continuous communication that fairly quickly kind of escalated into very flirtatious and fun and sweet and kind of remembering some of the things that we talked about. And the next thing I know, we're kind of back in this texting, calling kind of a relationship, all very polite, but with a really sweet kind of tone to it. Like it was moving in a positive direction, which was the last thing I expected. You never know what's going to happen until you make a move (laughs) and you made a move and he really responded positively. And my move wasn't even necessarily to, you know, reconnect, to get back into a relationship. It was really just to to say hello to somebody who I thought was a really terrific guy and who I had a wonderful time with. And I figured no harm, no foul. And as it turned out, he was still single. Did you ask him about what happened on his end five years earlier and if there was some reason that from his end that the communication just kind of faded away? I actually didn't. I was being quite cautious and I just was a little I was a little scared. So I kind of let him drive a little bit in the direction that he wanted it to go. And without even prompting him, the next thing I know, I'm getting an apology. I'm so sorry. I was just in a different place five years ago. Uh, My career was kind of, you know, in a strange place. And he said, and then, you know, the next few years were really tough for me. I lost my father suddenly. As you recall, I was very close to him. My mom moves in with me and my two boys. She had MS that progressed. And then I lost my mom. Tough years for him. It sounded like a lot had gone on and a very different turn for somebody who I had always gotten the impression had lived a rather charmed life. We never know what's going on with someone's life until we 
delve in with him, do we? So you learned a lot about him via text. Yeah, and that was encouraging, too, because he opened up and I could see that uh, a lot of these things, in addition to some hiccups in his career, um, some issues with custody of his children, kind of made him more vulnerable. Perhaps, you know, he doesn't have control of everything and that that's kind of when we need need someone else the most in our lives is when we're going through tough times. Very true. Five years ago, it was a mystery to you what was happening with him. And quite recently, he's shared all this with you. Yes. How does that make you feel about you then and how you feel about things now? Well, I'm also a different person and I've gone through various things in the past five years. How long ago did you and Mike get reconnected? It's now been by phone a year. You texted him a year ago. I did. That texting and the calling progressed to an attempt to get together that I ended up canceling because I got cold feet. How long ago did you have those cold feet? That was about six months ago. In between then and now, did you do any FaceTiming or Skyping where you're seeing each other? Or this is just all... Other than sending each other photos, we did not do any FaceTiming or Skyping. That doesn't appeal to me. So talking and texting worked. And he started to push again to get together and either meet somewhere or he would come here or I would go there. Why'd you get cold feet? Well, five years is a long time. And I was a little hesitant to spend a long weekend with someone who I literally had not seen and who five years ago wasn't the most reliable person in the world. So what happened next? The next thing I know He's finally getting specific and getting down to brass tacks. He's giving me dates and saying, this is when I'm available. This is when the kids can go with the ex and I can get away. Where should we go? He was not going to take no for an answer. That was the impression I was getting. He was really pushing for it. And I was thinking, you know, why not? No guts, no glory. Go find out if there's still a spark. So the next thing I know, five years later, our second first date was me picking him up at the airport and going to a national park for three days. That's quite a second first date. Yes, it was. You hadn't seen him in five years. Tell me about when you saw him for the first time, when he saw you for the first time. What happened? Well, as you know, when you pick up somebody outside a baggage claim, you don't have a lot of time for, you know, uh, any kind of formal greeting. And so it was this rushed thing where I kind of pull up. Oh, that looks like him. It's very tall. And I told him what kind of car I had. So he saw me. He comes over and they're keeping the traffic moving. So I just we kind of looked at each other and gave each other a hug. And then we had to pile into the car and off we went for a two and a half hour drive to the National Park. So I was very nervous. Now we're in the car. I'm kind of trying to look sideways, you know, as we're chatting. I just kept saying, you know, just go with the flow and whatever will be, will be. Did he seem nervous? A little, but he's a big guy. He's pretty outgoing, pretty charming. Everything was coming through 
loud and clear and in a good way, I did have a couple of funny thoughts go through my like, if he suddenly says something that indicates he's gone in a very weird direction in life, I'm going to have to say I need to get gas or I need to go to the bathroom. And then when he gets out of the car, just take off. (laughs) You were plotting that? (laughs) Well, because you just don't know. This was a pretty, in the grand scheme of life and dating, it was a pretty bold move on both of our parts. And he could have wanted to do the same. He could have thought, oh, my gosh, she's not what I was expecting. And, you know, she's changed in this way or that way or whatever. And he could have done the same thing. Could you please pull over? I need to go to the bathroom and just run the other way and called Uber and (laughs) gone back to the airport. Who knows? Who knows? But did that happen? It did not. The conversation flowed so easily. We laughed. It was pretty great. The next thing I know, we're at a friend's house that we had negotiated to have the use of for this long weekend. And um, we arrived and sort of got situated. You arrived at the house. You got to pick a bedroom or bedrooms. What'd you do? That actually worked out pretty well. The house had three levels. And when we came in, I said, let me take you up to your room. And he got the whole upper level to himself. The main level was the kitchen and living room. And then I said, I will be down in the lower level. And there was no real problem because I don't think he necessarily expected me to say, we'll be staying in this bedroom. I mean, that would have been, I think, awkward for both of us. Well, that's awesome. He was chill with it all. Yeah. He didn't. He then exhibited to you by his... I guess the way he reacted, that he didn't come with immediate expectations that the two of you were going to have sex right away. Correct. After you got settled in the house, how did the two of you spend your time together that day? By the time we got to the house, the day he arrived, it was late afternoon, early evening. So we kind of sat out on the deck for a while, continued chatting. The next thing we know, the sun is setting. We have a glass of wine. There was a movie that we both really wanted to watch that pertained to the national park we were visiting. So once it got dark, we went back inside. He queued it up on his computer. We sat on the couch and watched the movie. About halfway through, we take a break. We go to the bathroom. We (laughs) refill our wine glasses. We come back to the couch to watch the rest of the movie. And we're sitting closer together. We're getting more comfortable with each other. And the next thing I know, he kind of gets into that classic couple on the couch watching a movie on a computer kind of posture, which felt so great. He's laying down. I'm laying down. We're both kind of getting comfy and we're all kind of intertwined. And we watched the rest of this incredible movie that we were both really moved by. And it felt so natural. And the attraction was still there. That's fabulous. You didn't know what was going to go on, but there you were lying on the couch all cozy. Am I right that you started out a a foot or two away from one another? And as time progressed, you then merged. Yep. By the time the credits rolled, we were kind of rolling a little too. But we were just kind of cuddling together. So then when the movie ended, literally when the credits rolled, we kissed a little. It was so nice. And then... We both very politely acknowledged that it was getting late and we should probably, you know, go to our separate corners <laughs> because we were getting up the next day to do a very strenuous hike. So we kissed each other goodnight. He went upstairs. I went downstairs and I texted him goodnight. 
actually, he texted me goodnight, and I texted back, this is a great modern-day intercom system. Feel free to text me in the morning when you're ready for coffee. (laughs) Did he? Yes, he did. We had set a time of when we were aiming to leave, and so we started texting each other. Are you up? I'm up. Coffee? Sure. Meet you on the middle level. Met on the middle level, middle level in the kitchen to make coffee. Kind of looked at each other like, are we really here? Is this really happening? I'm like, do you like coffee? I mean, I don't even know. Is he a coffee drinker, a tea drinker, and an orange juice drinker? He was very easygoing. We ended up going to breakfast on the way into the park, and then we had a most magnificent day of hiking with spectacular scenic views and wonderful memories for for both of us from previous trips to this park. It sounds poetic. Absolutely. And these are the kinds of places that, gosh, I would really love to share some of these experiences with somebody that I'm crazy about. So even though we weren't quite sure where this was all going to go, it was great to be in this beautiful place. And we had a wonderful evening. We were exhausted from the hike. So that was kind of good because there wasn't any pressure on either of us romantically. And we knew we were going to be getting up again the next day. So uh, we just we had dinner in the park. We drove back a little canoodling. And then we both went to our separate levels. (laughs) So that leaves uh, the last day. The last day. So we decided the last day that we would just do a little bit more driving than hiking and stop along the way at some of the uh, sites and to see some of the waterfalls and some of the overlooks and just kind of take it easy. We just always seemed to be on the same page about what we wanted to do next and where we wanted to stop. And that evening was lovely. We had a, a great little sort of picnic in the park. And then I took him to the airport. What was the farewell like at the airport? It was very affectionate and very much a mutual desire to stay in touch and to get together again as soon as we could both make it happen. What are some of the things that you've learned from this whole experience? I think it's so important to keep an open mind. And where before I might have said, nope, not going to go down this road, this just didn't go in a direction that I would have wanted it to before. A lot had transpired. Don't shut it down too soon. See where things go. You never know. And we all change. How are things with you and Mike uh, since saying goodbye at the airport? As of this moment, we are in daily communication multiple times a day. I've gotten lots of great pics of his kids and lots of suggestions about where we might meet next. How are you thinking about a a second rendezvous with him? I'm hoping that it happens sooner rather than later because I think it will be very telling. I think the first one, two people are going to be on their very best behavior. I mean, it was a complete re-getting reacquainted kind of a three-day date. So I think to keep some momentum going and kind of see if this is going to go anywhere it probably behooves us to get together sooner rather than later if we can. And take it from there. Take it from there. We never know what the future is going to bring. Who knows? But I think, what is the saying? We regret more what we don't do than what we do do. You rolled the dice. You took a chance when you texted him. And 
you told us that you didn't do that with the expectation that much of anything would come out of it. And Not yet, at all. Something has very much come out of it. How, how has that changed the way you think about dating and relationships with people and connecting with people? I think it's important to just keep a very positive outlook on things and not get too down on dating or too down on the people that you're interested in dating. Um, It's easy to kind of get into that victim place and you have to stay positive and optimistic as hard as that can sometimes be. And I do think it's important to take emotional risks because most of the more meaningful relationships in our lives involve some level of emotional risk. Because if you don't show vulnerability and open yourself up to someone, how does the relationship get to a a deeper, more meaningful place? It can't. And you don't evolve either as a person. Absolutely. What you just said is really so helpful and I think so true. You mentioned that you need to stay positive. How do you continue to stay positive? At this point in my life, I try to keep it really simple. I try to surround myself with positive people who not only I can sort of help bring out the best in them, but they bring out the best in me. Whenever I can, I try to spend my time doing things I enjoy and that I learned something from. And a lot of people say this, but probably because it's really helpful. I just constantly remind myself of all the things I have to be thankful for. We all have something we could be thankful for, even on our worst days when we kind of question so many things in life. There's always something. And the last thing I try to do is just make sure when I spend time with people that in any small way I can, maybe they leave our time together a little happier. Well, I'm leaving our time together a lot happier and very thankful to have had you as my guest on the podcast. Thank you so much, Anne. Thank you, Jody. It was fun to chat with you. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Anne. I hope you enjoyed it and took away some really helpful dating tips. Usually, we release episodes every other Thursday. That schedule has our next episode coming out on Thanksgiving. But we're going to be taking Thanksgiving week off, so we'll catch you the week after. On December 3rd, we'll be back in your feed with a new episode. My guest that episode will be Jamie. She is going to be joining me to talk about what it's like to come back to the dating scene after quite a while, while a pandemic is raging. She's got a lot of great perspective and stories to share, and you won't want to miss it. In the spirit of the upcoming holiday, I'd like to thank you on behalf of myself and the team that works on putting together these podcast episodes. I want to thank you so much for being one of our amazing listeners. You inspire us, and you are the reason we create this podcast. This podcast is for general information and entertainment purposes only, and is not intended as professional advice for our listeners. We suggest that you always consult with your own personal coaches and advisors. First Date Stories does not recommend or endorse or object to the views or topics expressed on this podcast. Also, the names of the guests are changed for privacy purposes. 
This podcast is produced and edited by Kim Paletti and Lisa Gray of Soundline Productions and is brought to you by Espoir Ventures. First Aid Stories is here to help you be your best self, cheer you on, and encourage you to keep showing up for first dates because beyond your next first date may be the lifelong love you are seeking.